All right, so let's do our arts interview. Uh, this is a sad state of affairs, guys. Black women, young people, and people living with disabilities continue to be excluded from meaningful ownership in the South African film and television industry. This is according to a report that's titled The State of Transformation in the South African Film and Television Industry, commissioned by the National Film and Video Foundation, the NFVF. We now speak to Onke Dumego about uh, these findings. Hi, Onke. How are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me. Onge, this is this is devastating, right? This is not the kind of research we want to find. What is meant by meaningful ownership? Um, thank you so much for having me again this afternoon. So um, when it comes to meaning, meaningful ownership, what we're really referring to is um, the 51% mark, right? So 51% mm. title holding. So black is identified by you know the terms of the Triple B Act and improved Indian, Asian, and colored ownership. And within that definition, then we look at the basis of that 51% title holding. So um, the data from the report um, does give a sense of the emergence and development of black startups and the ownership of companies. And what what it actually shows is is, is the ratio, right, and how mm. that split in terms of uh, the revenues that that are generated by the company. So, for example, the the black white ownership ratio tends to decrease amongst companies that are earning over five hundred thousand per annum, um, which indicates then that that black ownership is not really interchangeable. So, I mean, essentially, that it doesn't really translate with transformation or um, the living wage levels in the film and television industry. Okay, so we do have ownership in creative companies, but we're not making more than 10 million, is what you're saying? Yes, so we do have ownership, but once you look at that 10 million mark, then that ownership starts to change quite a bit. So, for example, if you look on average, um, if you look at over 500,000, you're looking at black ownership is at about 70%, white non-black ownership essentially is 30%. However, if you look at over 10 million, that 70% con- contracts to 33%, right? And then the 67% um, is, is the non-black ownership, over 10 million. So that speaks to things like sustainability and what mm. black companies are depending on for financing. So if you go further into the report then, and you still look at the difference between the over 500,000 and 10 million, you look at the 500,000 split, 59% of that speaks to men, um, 15, 15% of the split between women and, and men, and 26% is female ownership. Over 10 million, right, 75% is male ownership, 25% is female ownership. So that 10 million mark um, plays a huge difference in terms of understanding which types of production companies um, are better equipped and better enabled to, to be sustainable mm. and um, to not depend, for example, on government fund, funding to, to keep the lights on. Okay. Is this exclusion systematic or is it intentional? Um, so it's a bit of both, right? So so you have to look at the, the past of the country and where we come from, um, where we had a system put in place for 48 years, preceded by colonialism for over 200 years, um, that really laid a proper foundation for for um, for um, you know the, the discriminatory measures mm. and um, a proper foundation for there to be uh, a, a distinct need for for transformation. But then we have um, the dawn of democracy nearly 30 years ago, mm. and as much as we have you know a great constitution and a democratic society, 
it does not necessarily mean that those that were previously advantaged will, you know, open, will, will receive um, transformation with open arms. More than anything else, you find that, um, you know, it, it's perceived um, as, as, as a form of oppression on people who were previously advantaged. Mm. So what happens is it, it, it starts to become intentional because while you do have the Triple BE Act, um, that 51% mark has a way to circumvent that. So without additional interventions beyond that, um, it, it, it becomes intentional, um, and that intentionality is really supported by the fact that you know we come from a past where um, where um, previously disadvantaged individuals were, were were intentionally disadvantaged. Okay, so you mentioned the issue of funding. How much of a factor is access to funding a problem um, that the industry is facing? So, I mean, it really um, is a key role. Um, it plays a key factor in, 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 in the transformation agenda. Um, and, and the survey really looked at three points, right? Um, mm. the, the financing, the access to markets, and the cash flow. Right? So, so those, were, those three points were the three biggest um, barriers to entry that were identified by respondents. And um, for emerging uh, black filmmakers, for, for, for women uh, black filmmakers, and also youth-owned companies, um, then those, those types of barriers to entries were, um, were compounded. Um, and, and it, you know, the respondents really responded to the fact that it is partly due to the fact that the funding that is allocated for this industry really focuses on um, funding projects, um, providing funding for production, um, development, marketing and distribution, all of those elements, and doesn't necessarily speak to having a proper understanding and a skills mindset on how to access um, external financiers and get them on board for their projects. Okay. So, um, so then obviously then then that feeds into the the, the other the other the other barrier to entry. All right. This is this is sad then because how much how much decision making you know in terms of you know economic decision making uh, yeah. are black people making in this industry. I mean, so the, the report shows that um, black people, there is a rise in decision-making roles. Mm. However, the challenge is where um, those creatives are able to make um, um, economically impacting uh, decision-making roles. So it's one thing for us to say that there are more black people with um, decision-making roles when it comes to creative interpretation and aspects of projects. Mm. But the, 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 the challenge is how many of those people actually are in the roles that um, drive the commercial aspects of the industry. So this report uh, focuses on the behind-the-scenes element of the industry um, for two reasons. Firstly, as the NFDF, we fund that. So we fund uh, development, production, marketing and distribution, skills development training. Um, but also, if, if you were to include in front of the camera data points, you would um, somewhat see the data. Because, relatively speaking, you, you look at the films produced in South Africa, the majority of them, um, the, the TV content as well. Unlike three years ago, a lot of the people you see are black, right? So you mm. would make a general assumption that, okay, well, transformation is not an issue. But the, the, the key thing is how are those black individuals enabled to make commercial decisions? How are those black people enabled to sustain their businesses beyond the government funding that they have. And that really relates to the behind-the-scenes elements 
of, of, of film and TV production. So the production elements, the, the, the development elements, the distribution, the marketing, all of those monetization elements, particularly money, marketing and distribution, the monetization elements that really um, make a difference when it comes to um, um, the uh, production companies and um, how they sustain. Uh, yeah, so transformation is very limited. Are there are there developments in terms of um, get towards this section of society by the, by the industry? Of the NFEX mandate, we cannot do it alone. Mm. We have a number of partners that we work with, such as IBC and DTIC. And uh, in about 2016, we created the Emerging Black Filmmakers Transformation Fund. And that provides financial, marketing, and other related support for emerging black filmmakers. And, and that fund has been designed for black filmmakers, in other words, black directors and producers, mm. who have limited experience, but who have developed and produced um, at least one to two feature films, television fiction or documentaries or theatrical releases or, telev- um, or television broadcast content, or um, for those who have done two to three short films or two to three commercials, um, that are seeking to venture into uh, feature film development and production. So, so, so outside of that fund, the EBSTF fund, there is um, the um, the, DT, the DTIC, KZN Film Commission, Housing Film Commission, all of the commissions that have um, the NES, um, all of the commissions and, and, and associations um, similar to the NFES that have interventions. But um, it's really a matter of... Um, having a collaborative effort um, towards one goal. Okay, so what recommendations, um, Onge, have been made or has the report made to rectify this problem? So, I mean, the report really focuses on um, the at a policy level, how we can drive the agenda forward. So what the report has done is that we have used the uh, policies that are available to us, Right. There's several policies that are available to us um, that speak to the configuration of arts, culture, and heritage sectors. So, for example, um, the National Industrial Policy Framework um, from 2007, the Digital Migration Policy for South Africa um, for 2008, as amended in 2015, the National Integrated ICT Policy, a number of them. Draft white paper on the audio and audiovisual content services framework and transformation to South Africa's copyright regime. So all of the policies that we know exist. However, it's one thing to have those. What you need is, is to ensure that you have an industry that is appropriately formalized. Because when it is appropriately formalized, beyond just the merits of some policies that can work together quite well, you need um, the, the formalization that makes the transformation prescriptive. So you see it in mining, you see it in sports, but you won't really see it as yet in audio and visual in the audio and visual sector. And what helps you to um, what assists in, in, in that formalization is when you have a charter, right? And that's what the the, the report um, indicates is that um, there's, there's a lack of a transformation charter for this for this industry. And that charter can be developed in terms of section nine or section twelve of the Triple B E Act. And it would serve to encapsulate what the various sector stakeholders aim to achieve by setting out the transformation targets. So the thing with the World Charter is what it does is it's very, very prescriptive as to beyond just saying 51% black ownership. Numerically, what does that look like, right? Mm. So we see it in other industries. It's something that can definitely happen in, 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 this, in this industry as well. Yeah, it's a very, yeah, it's a very sad state of affairs. It's sad that, you know, black... 
uh, young women and people with disabilities are finding it hard to enter the industry because of, you know, they, they're finding it hard to navigate the industry and to find the necessary support. It's just in 2022. It's just, it's devastating. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, the thing is, um, it, it's always important to, to earmark why, I mean, there's many reasons why, you know, the transformation agenda is um, obviously is a debate, but but also why it's important. I mean, if you think of the situation now, um, and, you know, it, it, it becomes even more important to to create a transformed industry for black individuals, for women, mm. people living with disabilities, youth, because... What they end up doing is hiring um, is hiring the very same people like themselves that are marginalized, right? Mm. So, so it, it, it creates quite a um, self-reinforcing multiplier effect where you have this, you know, group of previously disadvantaged individuals which which look different, which which you know is made up of different merits um, in terms of demographics, but they are employing one another. So you see, that's where the multiplier comes into play. So that's, the transformation agenda is you end up killing two, three, four stones, right? Four birds, sorry, with one stone. So, um, and I think because of to your earlier to your question earlier, the um, the systematic um, um, interventions that have happened in the past in the country, which has given you know a, a fertile ground for transformation to be avoided in a very intentional way. Mm. Here you have the group of PDIs, which through the report has been indicated, are the ones employing one another anyway. So it, it, it becomes a no-brainer. All right. Onke, thank you so much for your time and enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. That's Onke Dumego. Uh, she's Head of Operations at the National Film and Video Foundation.